the big silence, empowering personal experiences, inspiring compassion, and healing lives. We are no longer silent. We are here. The Big Silence. Hello and welcome to The Big Silence Podcast. I am your host, Karina Dawn. I'm a mental health advocate, wellness entrepreneur, and co-founder of the leading women's fitness community, Tone It Up. I'm also a New York Times bestselling author and founder of the nonprofit, The Big Silence Foundation. I'm also a wife, daughter, friend, and yes, palm mom of five. And just like you, I'm a work in progress. I have experienced profound grief and trauma and then found deep joy in life. And now I'm here to share my story, be a safe space for you to share yours. And we're having in-depth conversations with psychologists, doctors, spiritual leaders, friends, and others who have been impacted directly or indirectly by a mental health condition. No more embarrassment, no more shame, no holding back, only healing. Let's go. Mental health is my wealth. The stress upon the shelf. Nobody can love me the way I love myself. Seeking ye shall find the truth and the light. I'm living my purpose, so I sleep good at night. No more depression or spiritual recession. And every day that I wake up, it's a blessing. So breathe in, breathe out. Everybody in the house know what I'm talking about. The big silence. The big silence. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Mackenzie Borg. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm excited to have you. Number one, because I always think about mental health as combining mental health with art, music, connection, movement, sports. And so you being a musician and also um, connected to my friend Dylan Dunlap that I've known for many years, who is also a mental health advocate. And then Jay, your manager, connected us. So I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Yeah. So you had a sports background. So as I'm combining this mental health, sports, music, all of this, can we talk about you growing up and your sports background and what came of that? Yeah, it's um, it's funny now. My you know my whole life you know was sports. Like since I was a kid, my dad worked in sports um, for a while. At one point, he was the senior director of like sales and marketing for the entire NBA. So it's like I unfortunately was guided to basketball and I was like got to a point. I mean, I still like I was very good at basketball. Unfortunately, I stopped growing. Like yeah, right I was around. gonna say how tall are you? Yeah, like <laughs> five eight, you know, with the right shoes. You know, so it's like I can hold my own with big people, but it's like I knew from the get-go that like when I got to high school, it was just like, all right, so like what am I gonna really do here? You know? So it wasn't it wasn't your passion? Would you say it was more of your dad's passion? No, I mean, I was fully, he definitely put us, like steered us to sports. And I was just, I mean, I played every sport. I like played quarterback in football, um, pitcher, shortstop, middle infielder in baseball, just like every sport. I like, I played hockey until I was like 13 and my parents got divorced and then it became kind of a whole thing. Um, just so random, so many random things to think about. Um, and it, and I kind of just like, I don't know, just randomly picked up music. My mom's brother, uh, made like custom electric guitars, like kind of high end guitars and made one for my brother. And I was just kind of like 
curious and I just went from there. So let's talk, since we're talking about mental health, divorce, your parents divorced at what age? Uh, I was 12 okay, or maybe younger than that. Maybe I, I, ages don't make sense to me. I was in fourth grade. How old are you now? I'm 30. Okay. Just waiting on the beard. <laughs> I was like, you look really young, but that's like my, my husband, Bobby, he's 37 and he looks like he's like 27. He still doesn't, he doesn't have facial hair or anything. Yeah, I, I played in a golf tournament <laughs> last week with one of my like best friend's dads. And he was like, oh yeah, this is one of my son's friends. And this woman was like, oh, is that, is that his son? And I was like, he's, he's 33. I'm three years younger than him. What? She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I look 14. I was like, oh, perfect. Thank you. Awesome. So, all right. So let's talk about how you get, you move from, well, actually, I want to go back to, you got a virus that heavily impacted your life and your sports career. So what is that? And then how did that affect you mentally? Yeah, that, that was a really random virus. I was like kind of I, I weighed like 20 more pounds than I do now. Uh, it's like just, I was in the best shape probably of my life, you know, like every day I was doing, I was working out every day, you know, in the full throttle in the sports life. And then just got uh, this like random virus and shut down all of my organs. I was in like a nine day induced coma. I like grew up Catholic and they have like different sacraments and like what they give predominantly to older people when they're about to pass away is like anointing of the sick. And like, so I got that whole deal. I mean, I was like, I was pretty much like done for and then wasn't. So I didn't, I don't know anything of it aside from just kind of like waking up being like, oh. but like, as far as my parents, my friends, my loved ones, they like all had to experience that and kind of go through that. Um, but yeah, it was a weird. Right. So your parents, your loved ones were ex- experiencing grief where you're in a coma. And so then you come out and you're like, what just happened? And so what was the work through that? Yeah. The craziest part was that like we had um, my basketball team. I'm from Louisiana and um, the high school I went to um, is in Louisiana also. And like where LSU plays uh, their like basketball games and they're like big arena. We had this like big game or whatever that like college scouts are going to be at. And I was feeling sick, like the, like the week leading up to that. And I like didn't play and I was taking medicine and like went to different places. And I was, it was all just to kind of like get myself feeling good enough to play in this. And they, like the doctors literally told us that like it had, I played like I would have died on the court. Like, and there was like an old basketball player where he, like he died on the court and the same, it would have been the same. There was so much, um, like so many toxins around my heart that like, while I was in the hospital, I had congestive heart failure and it was just like a whole thing. Like my heart literally couldn't pump. So it was just, I don't know, coming out of that, it was kind of a weird time for me. I was fortunate enough to kind of be out of my shell in high school. I was, you know, friends with everyone from, the sports people to the theater people to the band, you know, it's like, um, so I, the high school I went to didn't give out half credits. So I missed like four months of school. So it was just kind of like, what is the plan here? Like, am I going to go back to high school, homeschooled? And we ended up, I just kind of like my 
occupational therapy. It was just like going to school for the last three hours of the day. Um, and it didn't count for anything. It was just really to get me. And so I like essentially got held back as a 17 year old, which is not like the most ideal situation, but it's like thinking about it now, it doesn't even register to me as any different than, you know, like what it was. Yeah. Okay. So then you move into music. As a kid, were you writing journals? Were you doing poetry? Like what is the musical outlet? I don't know. I was an angry, like I was an angry kid. Like my mom will say the same thing, especially like, I think. So was I. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I grew up, I grew up with a mother who was schizophrenic and depressed and in and out of the house. Like I had anger and I had an outlet for that. It was not musical or art. I I had some like painting and art, but I was just, I was a beast. Whether it was just, I, you know, I didn't know how to, process emotions, deal with emotions. It was, you know, for me, it was like, instead of, you know, telling my mom or dad, like, hey, you know, like this, it bums me out because of this. I would just be like, you know, just like throwing stuff, you know, and it's like, it's crazy because like, yeah, like a lot of the times relationships don't work out. Um, And especially in my case, like, you know, they were doing the best that they could with what they had at the time. It's nice to be where I'm at now and be able to kind of like have conversations with them and tell them like, thank you for like, you know, everything they did because I mean, I'm 30 years old. They were, they had two kids at that age. I'm pretty sure, you know, I, I, yeah, I think about like our past, our parents and then our parents, parents, our grandparents, like how you, like I'm, I'm 42 and I I don't have kids, but I just can't even imagine being at myself at 2730 having kids and being like, I'm going to raise you and tell you how to live your life. (laughs) Yeah. Like I just, I got a dog probably a year ago and I'm like, man, this is a big responsibility, you know? Harry Winkle. Yeah. 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 He's actually, I, I brought him to my mom's house because he was, he's, guaranteed to be reckless during this he's the wildest 10 pounds of of dog you've ever you've ever seen oh i know i have five dogs um, oh my god that's amazing yeah five pomeranians <laughs> they're not in this no way way. yeah <laughs> that's cool <laughs> so okay so back to music and songwriting how did you create this to be after sports, now you're in music. Like, did were you writing and writing songs? And what is that? What, how is that um, process? Yeah, um, when I was like, you know, like 15 or 16, I got my like first guitar, and I was I'm sure it was horrible. I, I gotta find videos, but I'm you know, like anything, you know, when you first start it, you're probably pretty bad. And then I like slowly started writing music, and we would have this basketball tournament every summer that our team would go to in Florida and I just brought my guitar so I was like all oh, on beach it'll be so sick you know and like our coat like at one point I remember like our entire team like the coaches were like in my hotel room like listening to me play a song and our basketball coach in high school he's like maybe five three you know and he's but he's just like a ball of energy um one of the nicest people I know and he was, I mean, he just became my biggest like cheerleader after that. You know, it was just like the the craziest, like, and I was like, okay, so maybe I'm like decent at this. And then it wasn't until I got sick that I started to really take it serious just because I had like so much time to do nothing. 
that it was just like, all right, like, I guess, um, you know, I'll do this. And leaving like high school, my senior year, like I had already had a manager based in LA and um, kind of just went from there and started to, you know, really pursue it. I didn't really have like a, a backup plan. I still don't. And it's working out okay so far. Um, but, but yeah, it's been, it's been like such a long, weird journey so far. And I feel like I still like haven't even gotten started yet. But weren't you on, but you did American Idol, The Voice? I did. Yeah, I did The Voice when I was like literally 18. That was the craziest experience. It wasn't a super fulfilling time. I can't imagine it is for most of the people on there. Um, it's more of like, it's an amazing show. And they're definitely going to, you know, win an Emmy or two every year. But they're cranking out like two of those a year. It's hard to really focus on people not just being molds to like what you need to fill like parts of the show. Whereas with American Idol, like one of the producers from The Voice switched over for like the farewell season on Fox at least and um, asked me if I would do it. And I was like, ah. so I, I, you know, got kind of an idea that I'd be able to do things how I'd like to do. Them. And for the most part, like I got to, and it was really kind of a, a place where I could showcase me and who I was. And I also had a better idea of it than when I was 18 and just kind of, knowing I was relatively good at singing and playing the guitar. And like when I was 24, 25, I kind of had an idea of who I wanted to be as an artist. And you got to meet Jennifer Lopez. I did. Yeah. How was yeah. that? It was nice. It was kind of wild to see, just to kind of experience that. And kind of the show took like three or four months to kind of get through the whole thing. You know, when you start off with the pre-tapes and everything, and it's like, you know, it's a process. But yeah, it was definitely um, the amount of just people that she has on her team to just like make her look perfect every time. It's impressive. <laughs> the amount of people. Yeah, that's an important thing to point out too. Like everyone's like, oh my God, like celebrities are so beautiful and stunning. And like, you know, it it, it takes a team, <laughs> which is, you know, important when you talk about like your mental health as well. So I want to, I would love for you to, I was saying one song, but I would love to do two songs, but I want to hear, maybe we can go through a transition and talk about the music and what you were feeling as you were writing it and then start with Saturn Week and then move into something more positive. That works. I also have like the really happy song that has a cool story and would be also nice to talk about. So, but yeah, with Sound on the Weekend, it was crazy because I, I wrote that song so long ago with my buddy, uh, Will J. And he, he definitely was a lot more in touch with his emotions and being able to like talk to me and communicate with me to try to get those out. I feel like it's crazy listening back now. It's like, I didn't realize for a long time that I was struggling a lot with just anxiety and depression and you know, you do a show like American Idol and you get put on the top of the world, you know, especially like I feel like something happened with me on the Internet where like people just cared for like a lot for some reason. I have no idea why. But like to go from getting like 50,000 likes on an Instagram post to not, you know, like two years later, it's like it's an interesting decline that I feel like isn't talked about enough. And even in cases that aren't that extreme, 
it's just hard to like continually not compare it to then you know like it's like i feel like the music i'm making now especially the stuff i've like just been recording like is light years away from like roses the song that i released that was like on the billboard charts and like the song i released after that like little moon it's like all over coffee house it's like the new discovery but it's like i'm not getting the same attention and it's like hard for me to not want to like wish i would have made these songs sooner um and that was kind of the beginning of me acknowledging it um i feel like up until like a year or so ago i wasn't even like aware that like i was feeling certain ways because of something i can relate to that too uh so my company tone it up i've had for 14 years and i would say 2013 through or maybe 2000 I mean, we had a show on Bravo. We did everything. Like we had a, we were the only people in the fitness industry doing what we were doing. Boom, boom, boom. Like, you know, and just bringing a community together and connecting with women. And it's like, it's still to this day, everyone's like, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, well, I want to keep doing that. And how do I? But, you know, my business partner and best friend, you know, resigned recently. So it's that transition of, just it's it's life life transitions you know you never know why certain things happen but you just never give up and i've definitely been sad on the weekend sometimes <laughs> but i'm excited to have you take us through this musical journey um in this and then talk about the next song <laughs> Can't remember the last time that I had a good night's sleep Waking myself up at 4 a.m. grinding my teeth Seven years in LA, I've been at it still feels like It's never gonna happen, tell me is it not Time or is it not for me? Mm. Maybe that's just one of the reasons why I'm so sad on the weekend. And all my friends are fun. I don't want to see anyone. Let me tell you a secret. I'm sad on the weekend. I only get to see my family when somebody's sick. My little cousin's taller than me now. What did I miss? And I never wrote songs with my brother, even if they're bad. We still be with each other. I'm not old enough to work on relationships. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just one of the reasons. Why I'm so sad on the weekend And all my friends are fun I don't want to see anyone Let me tell you secret I'm sad on the weekend I'm sad on the weekend
So, and I'll clap. Everyone listening will clap. Yay. Okay, so that's your sad song. And most of your songs are more uppity. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> if you're not watching on YouTube, he's like, <laughs> so what would so what was that song that you partnered with IKEA? Is it Good Day or what one would you want to sing? Yeah, that is that is the one that I was gonna to tell you about, and there's an interesting story with that. Aside from the awesome IKEA thing, the interesting thing about that song is um, my grandmother passed away like when I like two birthdays ago, so I guess two years ago, and. She was like my best friend. Like I have, you know, like I have Nona tattooed on my chest here. You know, it's like on my heart. Um, And she had dealt with like heart problems for years. Um, And when I initially came back to Louisiana, like a couple years ago, uh, maybe three years ago now, it was like every day I was eating lunch with her and my grandfather. Um, She lived in Verona for like the first however many years of her life, you know, she would, you would not think she was American. If you talked to her, it's like the accent was just so violently thick, you know, there was just no escaping it. She was like four foot eight and it, it came this thing. She just like loved this song. Like it would be on repeat on her phone. Like she had like Spotify on her like iPhone seven or eight plus, you know, like the biggest phone ever. Um, and she just had a repeat. So like it would kind of like hit the Spotify algorithm because like there would be one person in Lafayette, Louisiana, who played it for literally every day for like five months, you know, like I would come in to the house and I could like vaguely hear my voice. And I was just like, where does that come? What is that coming from? And like she would like if she couldn't figure out how to get back to Spotify, she would just go to YouTube and type in my name. So then she's listening to some like bootleg version of the song that someone else uploaded just like on repeat. And it was just it was incredible. Um, So like that song becoming like the national campaign for Ikea in Italy, like where like all of her family still lives and like saw it on TV and stuff like that, like it was kind of just like a, it made me like, you know, like there was like a whole day, I think like a few days after I found out that I was just like, like, I just cried for like, you know, like hours. And it was just like, you know, I don't know if I fully believe in like the, the Christian God, I believe there's something. And it's like, I feel like there had to be a reason why, like, so specifically Ikea in Italy is the reason that like, that's my first like big major, you know, placement for a song. Yeah. I love that. Big fan of Ikea, by the way. So that'd be cool. Yeah, and yeah. especially if my husband was here, he'd be like, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. When I walk outside with my head in the clouds, nothing in this world can bring me down. I know it's a scary place with all these faces. Everywhere I go, I keep saying love. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Oh, it's gonna be a good, 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 
Everything's alright when I got you by my side. It's gonna be a good, 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 good thing. Do 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 and when I walk outside, all the birds sing along. You know how to make this old house. Old. It's been a long, long night. We're gonna be alright. It's gonna be a good, 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 good day. I'm gonna sing all my blues away. Everything's alright when I got you by my side. It's gonna be a good, 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 good day. It's gonna be a good, 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 good day. It's gonna be a good, 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 good day. Love it. And yeah, it's gonna be a good, good day. A good, good, good weekend. We're not going to be sad this weekend. We're recording this on a Thursday in July. Um, that was beautiful. I feel like I've done a lot of work on myself because when I like I first put out that song, it was like almost reluctantly because I was like, "Oh, it's not cool," you know. It's like I, it's too happy. It's not moody and edgy. Um, but now it's like just a special song to me for like, you know, the reasons I said. And it's just like, yeah, like every day can, there's nothing stopping from every day being a good day. You know, like even if it's not, a, if you, even if it's a bad day, it could still be a good one. Yeah. And I think it's really important to say like your mindset, you can uh, either be sad or you can just be like, this is what it is. And I'm going to have a good day. This is life. This the more is I life. acknowledge like when I'm not feeling awesome like the easier it is to kind of turn it around. Yeah. It's like a simple mindset, a switch of thoughts in your head. Even with Bobby, my husband, he uh, is on his growth experience adventure. And he's like, how can you like just be positive? I'm like, I'm fucking, I'm so upset right now, but there's nothing I can do. You control what you can. And that's the thoughts in your head and how you're going to react to a situation. And you know what? I'm like, we're going to have a good day. Yeah. That's what Ikea says too. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So are you performing anywhere live soon? I am. I am doing, I'm currently doing a bunch of shows with uh, the Lights Fest. Um, they're they're kind of like a... It's a really cool experience. I'm really excited because there's one in September that's like near New Orleans. So like my family has just been seeing videos and pictures that I send them. Um, so they'll finally all be able to go without having to travel. But it's um, it's like a it's a music kind of festival, um, and it, it's all goes around um, these amazing like Japanese lanterns. Like I'm sure you've seen them angled. It's like you know you light them and their whole you know, like mantra is letting go, like of whatever you want to let go. It's kind of like an amazing experience. You write down whatever you want to let go of, whether it's, you know, grief or, you know, just literally anything. And for me, it's fulfilling to, 
you know, obviously just perform live um, at a time where like nothing is really certain. It's nice to be able to, to have those and do them, but it's just awesome to see so many people there for so many different reasons. There's like, like a month ago, someone just proposed midway through one of my songs, just right in front. I thought I was like, what is all this cheering all of a sudden? I was like, did some kid just make an incredible frisbee catch and like no forming? And then you know it's like people also going there because you know they've been in positions like everyone else has, like they've lost a loved one and they're taking that time to kind of just like let go of it. So it's amazing to see so many people come together for like that experience and to be the person who performs music before they put the lanterns up has been kind of a, a really nice. Um, just a nice. Yeah, we'll make sure to put um, everywhere where you can find McKinsey board in the show notes and also the, the Lantern event. Uh, I know I haven't been to one yet, but I know um, like Dylan did a couple out here and we were trying to go, but then we weren't in town. But, you know, I'm in Austin, so it's not that far to drive to Louisiana. Yeah. But, uh, I think there's also one in Houston and Dallas. I there was one in Austin like three months ago. Oh, shit. I missed it. It was okay. it was freezing. It was you. It was it was a cold time. I was not prepared at all. Did you come to that one? It, yeah, it was during South by. Oh yes, yes, yes. So was, March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I had to buy a jacket like the whole nine. Like it was. And now here it's 104 degrees outside right now, and I turned I turned my AC off to record but anyways thank you so much for having this conversation and sharing your beautiful music and your story i appreciate you so much and when you're in austin hit me up will do thank you so much thanks for having me Thank you for joining us today and every Wednesday. If you or anyone you know needs help now, text HERO to 741-741 to connect with a crisis counselor. Our crisis text line is private and confidential. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the.big.silence. Head over to thebigsilence.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop for live events coming up and details on the release of my memoir, The Big Silence. And as always, we'd love a like, subscribe, and leave a review on anywhere the podcast can be found. I love you, and I will see you next Wednesday. One, two, three, sing it. Here's to radical self-love, the type of love that will defeat anxiety, the type of love that defeats depression. This is the one life. This is the moment. This is the time to dig in, to be who you already are. The big silence.